0: Hello, this is Danielle Savory, and this is It's My Pleasure, episode number 127. In order for a woman to fully step into her power, it is essential to incorporate her pleasure, sexual and beyond. In this podcast, I will teach you how to use your mind, tap into your body and take action to creating the most orgasmic life. Let's dive in. Okay, welcome, welcome. Happy summer to you all. (laughs) It has been only a little, about a week or so since summer has started here for us. And I know some people in other parts of the country and in other parts of the world are experiencing a major heat wave. We are not experiencing that here in Portland, Oregon. Quite the opposite. In fact, it has been pouring down rain. We are having flood warnings. We have had more rain uh, recorded in the last couple of months than in over 80 years. And if you know anything about Portland, you know that's a lot of rain because we already (laughs) experience a lot of rain. So I am hoping sometime in the near future we'll get some sunshine. But because it is summertime, the kids are off from school. And them being at home in school and they're not in camps and my husband and I are both working from home, I just immediately noticed the shift, having us all in the house, uh, having them at home full time in My nervous system, and also just in my connection with my husband and my desire for any kind of sexual contact. And I've also just noticed it with clients. I've noticed it really coming up, and I wanted to do an episode on some of the overlooked reasons why motherhood really does take a toll on our sex life. And this can be for parents in general, can take a toll on our sex life, right? Just being parents to young kids. Teenagers, even adult children, and ways that we can break out of that cycle. Now, of course, there's some obvious ways. There's obvious ways that becoming a parent is going to impede on perhaps the freedom that you might have had in your sex life before, or the desire or the ability to just go on date nights. And there is these obvious reasons. One of them, we just don't have the freedom. Usually, especially if your kids are a little bit younger, perhaps you know, going out and having some kind of date night or staying in and having a date night, having that connection with your partner, being able to talk to them, that's not really there as much anymore. It's something that you really have to be intentional to carve time out. Then there is the late nights. There can be, especially if you have young kids, there's the late night routine, the bath time routine. Uh, There can be the feeding. Like my brother just had a baby and so him and his wife are up all hours of the night losing sleep you know, feeding this newborn baby. There is privacy issues. When your kids get a little bit older, you have privacy issues, whether that's you just don't want them to hear you or you don't really know how to leave family movie night and go up and have a romp with your partner. There can be um, Just logistics, right? Logistics of having humans in your house. And again, getting space away, privacy if they sleep with you, if they don't sleep, you know, sleep in the same bed. Physical changes that happen if you are the one to carry your child, you know, of course, that there's physical changes that can happen, you know, with your stomach, with your vagina, with your breast, if you're breastfeeding and the general. Extra amount of work that happens in the household when there's children involved, the extra cooking, the extra cleaning, the picking up, the trying to organize all the stuff, the driving to and from all the activities, just the time in and of itself to logistically get your kid from one place to another, from doctor's appointments, school, you know, extracurricular activities, all of these things. These are the very obvious things that we know are going to impact your sex life and impact your desire. But I want to talk a little bit more about the overlooked reasons because all of those reasons, we kind of know going into it and we can work around them. This is why we're intentional with their time. This is why I really recommend scheduling sex or sexy time and date nights, scheduling that intimate time in there because just the sheer amount of Time and attention that you give to children of all sorts of ages and taking care of them is going to take away from that available free time for you to spend with your partner. But then there's definitely some more obvious reasons. And the reason that I really want to spend time on these more obvious reasons is because what I see working with the women that I work with that are moms is. The immediate like shame that sits in, the, that I'm doing something wrong, that I should be doing more. And I don't think that we really tend to give ourselves credit for how much we're actually doing. So I hope that by listening to this episode and you know, if you are a mom and you are wanting to have more desire, if you're wanting to experience more pleasure in your sex life, and if you're just wanting to have that deeper connection in general, this will give you a little bit more of an idea of the ways that we really are doing a lot and how just by being a mother, that can get in the way of some of maybe your desires for this better sex life and what you can do about it. Okay, so number one, the invisible labor takes a toll. (laughs) okay. So there's been a lot of conversation and a lot of narrative, which I absolutely love seeing about invisible labor. And really what invisible labor is, just to define it, for those of you that might not know what invisible labor is, it is really this definition that's used to kind of lump in all of the work that is unseen and unpaid, unseen by other people, and sometimes even just unseen by us. This can be in the workplace, but we're specifically talking about it in the home. And in heterosexual relationships and even in not heterosexual relationships, usually the weight of a lot of the invisible labor is going to fall on one person, that person that's more of the caretaker. In heterosexual relationships, they've done a lot of studies and it tends to fall on the woman. Even if there is very equal uh, division of Money and bringing in the financial stuff. If there's equal division of labor around the house, the cooking, the cleaning, the you know house maintenance, uh, you might call it, you know, all of these sorts of things. There still tends to be. This extra layer, this invisible labor that is put on the woman in a heterosexual relationship. Now, what does that mean? So, outside, we're we're really taking away a lot of the tasks. Okay. So, I really want you to think about this as let's say that it's fair, you know, a little fairly equal. (laughs) And that's not always the case in most houses, right? But let's say the cooking, the cleaning, all of this stuff is. Fairly equal for the most part. You know, maybe there is some differences that can be done, but you have done a really good job of dividing the labor amongst yourself and dividing maybe the work labor amongst yourselves. And so it's not necessarily the chores and the tasks, but we take on this mental load of keeping track of all of the individuals in our family and the day to day. I really, really felt this last week. And I was wanted to just sit down and take note for myself of what was going on because I feel so privileged and so grateful because my husband does take on a lot of the tasks. He takes on the cooking and the meal planning, and he's so good at picking up and folding laundry. Like We really are very divided in that way, and it's very equal roles, plus my kids help out. So I am very privileged and very grateful for that. However, last week... It just kind of came on as this blaring, stark contrast of this invisible labor and specifically the mental load of keeping track of all the day-to-day. So there was Father's Day. Uh, My brother-in-law's birthday was coming up. We were trying to figure out how to go and meet my new nephew. Uh, The car needed clean because I parked it under a cherry tree and there's bird shit all over it. (laughs) The kids are home for the summer and I'm trying to figure out like playdates and talk Talking to parents and who's going to be here where? And if they are going to go there, did they take all the proper clothes because it's raining? They need their boots. They need their rain gear. They need, you know, all of that sort of thing. Sorting out all the summer camps, who's going to be where? And oh, great. Now that's going to be on across the side of town. How am I supposed to drive both places when they're literally on opposite sides of town? Um, so, sorting out all of the summer camps. Plus, it was my oldest daughter's birthday. So, I'm trying to figure out her birthday party for her friends and the logistics of getting them to the roller skating rink and uh, what we're going to be eating afterwards. And then her birthday party for her family. And then it was of course the end of the school year and all of the things that I needed to remember to pick up. And then I had to paint this garden gnome for my youngest daughter. And my youngest daughter also has some food issues. And so trying to make sure that she's getting enough calories in and when's her next doctor's appointment and when's the dentist appointment. And that's, coming up. And did I fill out the, you know, the new insurance information and again, it just is going on and on and on, not to mention all of, you know, our trips that are planned and other summer camps that are planned in this summer. Like where is everybody and just taking care of that? It's even getting my heart rate up just the <laughs> listing all of the things. And this was just one week and that's not even half of it, right? And Again, I know how lucky I am and all taking on all of that mental load is going to take a toll. I like to think of it as when you think of a sieve, is that how you call it? I just call it a colander, but you know what I'm saying? The holes in the bottom where you rinse your fruit and stuff. So I like to think about it as like how much mental leakage is happening, right? How much mental leakage is going on throughout my day because of being a parent and holding all of this stuff in my head and how much that we are responsible for holding in our head but then how that kind of leaks out. So if you think about your energy and your attention all being kind of, you know, bottled up in one place, then you put it in this colander and it's like every time somebody asks this question. That's another thing about mental loads of moms. It's like we are the gatekeeper and the, the holder of all of the questions. You know, whether it's my husband asking where his keys in his wallet is or where's my water bottle or where is this mom or what about this and when are we going to go do this? And da-da-da-da-da. It's the constant questions that are being asked, plus holding all of the planning and the to-dos and where everybody is going, that there is this leakage of your mental attention. When I'm trying to sit down and do my work and creating content for this or coaching my clients or whatever, every single thing is a distraction because it takes away right from the thing that you're trying to do. And it's like leakage of your energy. So there's this whole mental load that, again, this is generalization, and typically, and what studies have found, that the mother, the woman, carries in the family. She carries this extra mental load of keeping track of just making sure that we get through our day, let alone our week and our month, and so on and so forth. And this multitasking of holding all of these things in our brain is really where it starts to take its toll. I remember growing up and talking about multitasking as this, you know, this achievement (laughs) to be very proud of. But really what's going on in multitasking, if we are switching our attention from one thing to another, the brain is programmed in such a way that it works best when you can focus your attention on one thing, when you can actually not be a multitasker and be mindful and be able to capture attention and place it where you want to go, which we talk a lot about on this program, right? Especially when it comes to pleasure and sex, because that's what allows us to sensitize our body more to what's going on in the feel-good sensations. When we are taking on the mental load of our family or all of the tasks or being asked constant questions, it's very interesting because what happens is even to the outside, it doesn't feel like you're quote unquote doing a lot, right? It might not like... I mean, you heard my list. There's obvious I'm doing a lot, but (laughs) you might even be like, I can handle all this. It's no big deal. But it's that simple switch of your brain from one thing you're doing to something else, to answering that question, to planning, to thinking about the dentist appointments that our brain is not programmed to do this, and it takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of energy of the brain to go and to multitask and hop from thing to thing to thing, especially when you're talking about hopping from, you know, a work brain to a kid brain to a planning brain to a logistics brain, right? These are all different categories that we're hopping to and from. And that takes a lot of energy and it actually takes away from our ability to perform at our highest level in any. Given category. So we can see that that's obviously going to take a toll. And it's because the brain is constantly being stimulated and that attention being captured, it can trigger you into a stress response more often than not. Perhaps you even heard me mention this before on the podcast that many of us, we actually are operating at more of a simmer level, which means that we're operating more in our sympathetic nervous system than we should be for how we are, you know, created to be able to work around this system. And that simmer level is like makes us more irritable, it's uh, that ability to be triggered really quickly. And when you are multitasking and you're constantly taking on a lot of this mental load, that is going to put you at an increased uh, ability to be stressed and to be triggered. Not to mention there's also the emotional labor that we are usually managing as mothers of the household. I know for me, again, the actual labor of tasks are very clearly defined. My husband takes on so many of those to-dos and those tasks, but I am the emotional harbor for everyone. I am where the kids get upset, when they get angry, when there's the meltdowns, when there's the frustration, when there's the sibling battles. I am the one that goes in and helps handle the emotions. I also help handle, of course, my husband's emotions because I'm a good partner, just like he listens to my emotions. He would be, you know, perhaps the emotional labor of hearing my meltdowns and my outbursts. And I am a safe space for his emotional (laughs) things that might come up. But as a mom, we are also dealing with usually the emotional landscape of our children and holding space for them. And for me, really helping teach them the emotional intelligence that I want them to have as they grow older and being able to be with their emotions and taking care of their emotions. But that emotional labor also takes a lot of energy. So all of these things are a lot of the invisible labor that a mom in a household especially you know all over the world but in a heterosexual relationship will take on the mental load the keeping track of the day to day the being the gatekeeper of all of the questions and then of course the emotional labor of most of the human beings in the household this puts our brain at a very stimulated place and it puts our nervous system on high alert. It makes us very easily distracted. And of course, that is going to play a role in making it even harder for you <laughs> to have the ultimate sex life because this is what your brain is trained to do. Your nervous system, number one, is on high alert and now you're easily distracted. That's just what it is practice doing being a mom. By being multitasking, we are on high alert for problems, for somebody having a meltdown, for something that we're not forgetting, to make sure that we are planning and organizing and trying to keep everybody moving forward in the house Okay. So that is the number one overlooked reason and how it really has a negative impact on most of our sex life. The second thing that I see among moms is just this simple narrative of not doing enough because so much of the work that you might do as a mom is this invisible labor. We aren't even taking a look at it because society hasn't really brought it up as something that we're doing, right? It's more of, are you getting your checklist done? Or are you reaching these achievements? Or are you bringing money in? That we don't even acknowledge how much we're actually doing. You could go about your entire day doing a lot. Maybe you did sit on your phone For a few minutes while one of the kids was napping or in between meetings or something like that. But it doesn't even matter how much we do. The typical narrative of a modern day mother is that you're not doing enough. We aren't compassionate with ourselves or even accepting of how much we're actually doing. Maybe you have the narrative of like, okay, well, yeah, I was doing all these things for my kids, but I wasn't being present with them. I didn't play with them enough. I wasn't laughing and joking with them, or I'm not making enough time for intimacy with my partner. I didn't do a date night, or I'm not working out and I'm not getting physically fit, or I didn't get that gift for (laughs) my new nephew. That's my, I'm so bad at gift giving. So I didn't get a gift for my new nephew, or I didn't get thank you cards sent out, or I forgot to respond to such and such text. It's like this constant narrative of regardless of how much you're doing, it's just not enough. It's simply not enough, not doing enough work. And if you are doing enough work, then you're not doing enough in your partnership. And if you are doing enough in your partnership, you're not doing enough as a mama. This comes up over and over again. And how it can negatively impact and really take a toll on your sex life is because when you have the narrative of not doing enough, basically what you're doing is you're rejecting yourself consistently. And when you reject yourself consistently, even if this might be happening in your subconscious mind, it might just be in the background, right? Like, oh yeah, great, you did that, but you still didn't catch up on the mail and all the bills that you need to pay. Or yeah, you got that, but remember, you still haven't dropped the library books off. That constant, like, really subtle way of undermining yourself and what you're getting done in the day is like living with somebody that's telling you out loud to your face that you're never good enough, that you're never taking the right amount of time or spending your time wisely that there is never enough time. So we get into this very scarce thinking, number one, but more importantly, the way that you're speaking to yourself is not compassionate, it's not understanding, and it for sure as hell isn't loving. And when we're approaching ourselves in this way of never doing enough or being like, yeah, but, which is what I hear from most clients, they're like, yeah, but I didn't, blah, 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 fill in the blank, right? We've all said it to ourselves a million times. You probably have already said it to yourself like a hundred times today that we're not in the place of looking for what we actually have done, looking for ways we can be accepting or even looking for ways that we celebrate ourselves. And when you are doing that, the impact that it has on your nervous system is consistently being rejected. You're consistently dealing with rejection, even though you are the one doing the rejecting. You feel that in your psyche. You feel that in your body. Just imagine if you had somebody outside of you, like another person that was shouting this not enoughness and constantly rejecting you and telling you you're not doing a good job. That's going to have an impact, right? You're going to start like curling your shoulders in and hovering down. It is like being attacked, which, of course, is going to put your nervous system in this fight, fight, or fleet, freeze place because you are being verbally assaulted constantly. And that definitely has a toll. And when we're not in a balanced part of our nervous system, when we are doing this to ourselves, it is very hard, if not impossible, <laughs> to be able to experience pleasure, to be able to feel good, to a- be able to you know, get into this overall well-being. We're putting ourselves in this place where we're wearing our self down. Our actual self is getting worn down consistently by this narrative. And that makes it really hard, even if pleasure is possible, even if it's there, even if you have a partner that's willing to maybe give you a massage or take care of you or, you know, knock your socks off in the bedroom because your nervous system is so fried and because it's so out of whack and out of balance, your body just kind of starts shutting down and closing in and it makes it very hard to experience and soak in the pleasure around you. So that's another way that it has, you know, a negative impact on our sex life. Plus when you're in this place of your nervous system, when you're in this consistent stress cycle, the idea of sex doesn't sound good. Not only are you like kind of beat down, you're exhausted. You're exhausted from this mental load I talked about. You're talking shit to yourself. So you don't really feel that great. You're not being compassionate and accepting and being on your own side. Okay. Now, the third part that I want to talk about is that we're simply just not connected to ourselves. I hear this all of the time from mamas specifically, how our bodies, especially if you grew the human inside of you and birthed this baby and then fed this baby with your body. But even beyond that, even if you had a surrogate or you have adopted or anything like that, the first few years, those babies need you. They need to be held. They need to be hugged. They need to be fed. They need to be taken care of. And your body almost becomes this vehicle to make sure that these children are surviving. But beyond just the physicality of not really being connected to our bodies, because they're for these little humans that are outside of us that we're trying to raise, we aren't in touch with our own needs. We aren't in touch with our own desires because we are so concerned on taking care of everybody else. We're taking care of their needs, making sure they're fed. When so many moms, I can see just grabbing snacks out of their toddler's, you know, lunch bag or something because they have forgotten to eat themselves. We make sure that we get our kids, you know, bathed. But have you taken a bath? There was even this article that I was reading about like, oh, self care for moms. And it was basic human needs it's taking a shower, it's having a nice meal, it's clipping your toenails. Okay, these are not, (laughs) these are basic human needs. This is not self care. This is just taking care of our needs. But we don't typically do that as a mom. We put those on the back burner. We forget about a lot of the things that we make sure are prioritized in our other family members' lives. We're not in connection with our own desires. What do we want? What would feel good? What would light you up? What would make you sing to the (laughs) hilltops? We're also not really connected to our feelings because they seem irrelevant. If I've got to make sure that the house is running smoothly and I'm irritated or I'm angry, it's easy to push those aside and not really spend time with them. And it's not that we don't have feelings. We do. We're just not spending proper time to allow them to process because, again, we're feeling so strung out from this narrative that we're not doing enough. We do not make the time to be with our feelings and connect with ourselves and our emotional body in a way that allows our emotions to process through our body. And most Humans, this isn't just for moms, but most humans, we are living in a world where we're kind of from the neck up. We're in our heads constantly. We are not only being stimulated in our heads, but we spend time in our heads. We spend time creating, problem solving, thinking, worrying, all of these things, and we're not dropping into the felt sense of our body. Rarely are we stopping to smell the roses. Rarely are we stopping to feel hands on your body during a sexy session that could light you up because we're not practicing being in our bodies. So this is the third way that being a mother can have a toll on your sex life is because we're simply not connected to ourselves. And then the fourth way, which is kind of a culmination of all of these, is there isn't boundaries with our time. This isn't something that we put a high priority. Our time becomes negotiable. Like work, you might be like, oh, well, I was so scattered. I didn't get all my things done in work. No duh, because of the mental load and the emotional labor that you're working on, that your work leaks over, that you find yourself up late, you know, taking care of some emails or finishing something on the weekend. So we don't have these proper time boundaries with our work. We let other people, and especially people in our family, needs leak over into our time. I remember, especially when my kids were really young, right, that tend to happen a lot, that their needs would leak over into time that I had carved out to take care of myself. And it's not that things aren't going to come up, right? I'm not talking about when things come up and you get interrupted, right? Like when I used to try and do meditation during nap time and then the baby woke up and was screaming. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't have a strict boundary and you should let your baby keep screaming for an hour while you're sitting on your cushion meditating. That's not what I'm saying at all. But what we do, what I'm saying is that when we are making our time negotiable, We might have that interruption, but we don't make sure then we carve that time out later. So you might have decided that you want to wake up and go hiking or go exercise or go meditate or go have coffee with a friend or go do something else just for the fun of it. But then something comes up in the family and it's like, oh, that's okay. Or something comes up with work. Oh, that's okay. I don't need that time. I don't, I don't really need it. And we make all of these reasons why we don't really need that time. This time that we have blocked out for ourselves becomes negotiable and we don't stay committed to the things that we really want to be doing for us. So that is the top four ways, overlooked reasons that I see why motherhood takes a toll on our sex life. Number one, invisible labor. (laughs) This is including your mental load, all of the questions, the day-to-day tasks, and the emotional labor. Number two, that not doing enough narrative. That not doing enough where you always are feeling like you could keep going, that you have more to complete, that what you did wasn't enough, that you aren't doing a good enough job in all of the different roles that you're playing, and how that is consistently rejecting you and putting yourself and your nervous system in a place where you're beaten down, you're in a stress cycle, and it's really hard not only to plan pleasurable time, but to receive it. And then number three, we're just simply not connected to ourselves. We're not connected to our needs. We're not connected to our desires. We're not connected to our bodies and all of those juicy sensations. And we're not connected to our feelings in such a way where we're not being just reactive, but we're being with our feelings in our body and allowing those to process. And then the fourth way is not setting strict boundaries With ourselves and with our time. So, even if we wanted to go out and do these things, we have made it in such a way that our time is negotiable. We have, you know, taken on so much of society's views about, you know, taking care of people and the people pleasing and the nurture that we kind of get left out of that picture. So, because just going over these four reasons has taken quite a bit of time. I am going to wait until next episode. There will be a part two where we're going into the steps to break this cycle. So tune in next week, especially if you're mama, if you know a mama, share this episode. I think it's really, really important that we take a look at some of these overlooked reasons because it gives you an opportunity to offer a little bit more compassion for yourself. If you're not having the kind of sex life that you want or that you think is possible, the first place that we go is to beat ourselves up. And if you are a mom and it doesn't matter what age your kiddos are, these are some of the habits that we can fall into. And these are some of the invisible labor and the tolls that are taking on our nervous system that is going to have an impact on you being able to connect with your body and receive pleasure, let alone creating the time for it. So please, please, please take this episode, listen to it, not from a place of blaming. We don't need to go out and blame our partners or blame our kids or even blame society and the system that has created this. It's just there for you to be aware of so that you aren't blaming yourself, that you're like, oh, this makes so much sense, why I'm so freaking exhausted at the end of the day, why sex is the last thing on my mind, not because I'm doing anything wrong, but it's simply when I am a mom, these are a lot of the extra things that are going on in the background that are negatively impacting my pleasure. Okay. As always been my absolute pleasure to share this episode with you. I hope it's been helpful for you to give yourself a little bit of compassion to lower those shoulders and to give yourself some grace as you're navigating increasing your pleasure and your sex life. Can't wait to talk with you next week. Bye.